Depression can be a very debilitating condition, and it is wonderful when people are adequately treated. There is a new study, however, that shows that women who take antidepressant medications have babies with smaller brain volumes. So let's talk about it. Hey everybody, it's Dr. David. I hope you're having a good day out there. So as you know, um, as a pediatrician, um, not only am I taking care of babies from birth and onward, but also I take care of their mothers. And as part of my preconception to pregnancy project, we try to help improve the lives, the nutrition, the lifestyles of, of people before they get pregnant in order to try to have the most optimal pregnancy possible. But we treat people any step along the way. Now, this new study that is showing smaller brain volumes in children, specifically in mothers who take SSRI medications. So that will be things like Paxil, Prozac, Zoloft, etc. Okay. Now, by all means, if a woman is pregnant, I am not suggesting that they should be stopping these medications. That they could be transformative with how they are doing. Um, and so it's incredibly important for any such conversation to be had with the prescribing doctor in terms of weighing the pros and cons, working with a therapist, etc. But it's, of course, with everything we want to have minimal, minimalized use of medications and optimize of our health in through any pregnancy or obviously every part of our life. So I want to get into this a little bit now. In terms of my preconception to infancy initiative, and this is one of the things that I'm proud, most proud of. This is something that I've been working on for about 15 years now. And it's the concept that was first taken when parents of children with autism, when they saw that their um, children were getting better using functional medicine techniques, treating the microbiome, proper methylation, nutritional deficiencies being corrected, avoiding things that are toxic. They saw how much their children were improving. And they started asking me, well, maybe we have these issues. Can we check before we get pregnant? We didn't think we would be able to have another child emotionally or financially or whatever, but things are going better. We think we can now, but we want to take all um, necessary precautions that we can in order to have the best outcome. And I thought, of course, that was a great idea. And so I started pursuing this and we started seeing incredible outcomes um, with much fewer um, children as a second child with autism, even though the national average is about one in eight for that. But as I've talked about before, um, it's something that we virtually don't see in our practice, having a second child with autism when people follow these techniques okay now there are a lot of things that go into the um the health and kind of the mental health of a person who's pregnant okay now of course stress itself stress has been associated with prematurity with lower birth weight with um and of course that's really important because prematurity as well as lower birth weight are very um connected with other health problems in that child after being born Okay, as they develop. Now, of course, during pregnancy, there's all types of hormonal changes that are taking place. And of course, hormonal changes can affect a woman's stress for mood wise, um, how they're feeling, etc. mood swings. So of course, this is a time where even if they weren't having issues prior to pregnancy, that something may pop up with them just during the hormonal changes that come about with the pregnancy. Okay, now, of course, stress in and of itself is associated with high blood pressure. And we know high blood pressure, um, preeclampsia into eclampsia being the, the most concerning. But what happens when there's blood pressure goes higher is it can restrict the amount of blood flow and therefore nutrition, as well as detoxica detoxification away from, through the placenta and through the umbilical cord. 
Okay. And so the higher the blood pressure, the less the blood flow will get there. And then there can be compromise in those babies. And that's why it's so important why we're checking blood pressure for any reason during pregnancy to, and making sure that that is well being taken care of. Okay. Now, of course, depression itself, again, can bring the stress and stress can bring depression. So there's kind of like a, um, a, a kind of like a circle that can, a cycle that can kind of come that way as well. And of course, what are the importance of sleep, right? We know that people who are not getting adequate sleep are more prone to having things like anxiety and depression. Everything can get thrown off. And of course, this can be a double challenge when a person is pregnant because when, you know, maybe they're, especially during the second half of pregnancy, it may not be so comfortable to sleep. They may not be able to find a position of comfort. They may be being woken. Or maybe they have to go to the bathroom more because of the way that the, the, the uterus is, is sitting over the bladder. And so there can be a lot of things that disrupt sleep, but that, again, can be another reason that can bring in more stress or just um, disruption in their life. Um, and of course, you know, eating well, the importance of that, which we've always talked about here, doubly important, if not more during pregnancy. I know that it's sometimes it's easier during pregnancy to grab a quick snack or a processed food or sometimes have a craving for foods that are not healthy. And of course, all of that does go into how a person overall feels, how their mental health or emotional health is. OK, now, in terms of this particular study, which really caught my eye. Okay. Now I want to be clear. They were discussing the radiology findings, the actual, what they see on the scans relative to brain size. The research was not talking about how the outcome of the child actually was, what impact that these smaller brains are having, but the fact that they were there. Okay. Now these medications for depression, these um, serotonin selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, they are considered generally and they're labeled as generally regarded as safe. That's a category of medications that you kind of want to see in pregnancy. However, there have been some studies that have shown that the use of SSRI medications um, can have adverse, including affecting the, the the outcomes, the behaviors, negative outcomes in the in the offspring as well. Um, and that could, of course, become a problem if it's affecting their development or their behaviors, etc. Now, I do want to point out that in those particular studies, not the one that I'm talking about now, um, the researchers said that they were not able to draw final conclusions because there could have been other factors at play. And of course, there's all other types of variables as well. But nonetheless, that was a concern. So in this study now, now this was a pretty long study. Data was collected between 2002 and 2006, and there were 3,200 pregnant people in, the, in, in this uh, study. Now, the offspring of the women were enrolled in, um, in the study. Um, they, they received MRIs three different times between the ages of 7 and 15 years old. So this wasn't just what is the brain size after the baby's born, they're looking years in advance and finding these issues. Okay. And they, and they actually broke them up into different categories. You know, um, did a woman have um, depression, but not get treated versus depression and did get treated versus did that, were they on depressive medications before pregnancy or only during pregnancy, it was started. Um, they did not actually um, quantify for which trimester, which of course that potentially could have an issue as well, um, relative to brain development of the baby and what the baby's exposed to. OK, but, um, you know, but in terms of that, they did look at the um, that the persistence in the loss of what's called the gray matter. That's part of the brain. We have white matter and then kind of gray matters and more in the middle. Um, and the, but it did persist up through 15 years old in those children. OK, now what they found is that the, the, the it wasn't the entire brain 
that was showing a smaller size. There were particular areas in something called the, especially called the, it's called the cortical limbal, um, cortical limbic system. And that includes what's called the prefrontal cortex. So the frontal cortex, the frontal lobe of the brain in on the very front of that, there's again, like a layer of cells that are there. Um, there the amygdala and the hippocamp uh, hippocampus. And not to get too much into the weeds about this, but behavior and cognitive function, motor planning, um, decision-making, um, that those are, and especially emotional regulation, that's what's happening in those parts of the brain that is showing smaller. So again, we're not saying that those things happen, but we're saying that they were smaller brain, that those brain um, areas were smaller in these kids. Okay. But what did they show? Prenatal exposure, so prior to birth, exposure to um, these serotonin reuptake inhibitors was consistently associated with a 5 to 10% lower brain volume in those areas, the frontal lobe, the cingulate lobe, the temporal um, um, cortex throughout the entire range. So that's obviously significant. And so, you know, we've always talked about trying to have as healthy as a clean of a pregnancy as possible. Um, so in terms of my test on that, my take on this, first of all, a lot more research is needed. OK, of course, we want to know whether it is affecting the outcome of these children and not just the brain size. So that's going to take a lot more research to do, which, of course, that's a, a big gap of information. But of course, I know a lot of my patients aren't wanting to take that chance. Right. And so they're wanting to do everything they can to kind of try to come off of these medications. Okay, so what should one do though? Okay, certainly maybe relook at the medication dose if you have to be on it. Maybe you don't need to be taking 100 milligrams of this. Maybe you could take 75 milligrams. One would think that the smaller the dosing, the less impact it would have. Although we do not know that for sure because they did not quantify how many milligrams of any of these medications were taken. But logic would tell me the more the exposure, the more likely that there will be an issue. Okay. Um, you know, of course, we should look to see if they're taking any other, other medications that maybe can be reduced as well. But there are things from a functional medicine perspective that we could be doing. We know that getting vitamin D levels, especially to the upper in the upper half of the reference range, can make a difference. And that vitamin D deficiencies are very well associated with depression, especially people up north in the wintertime. Very well documented. Checking zinc levels again. But also, this is an area where thyroid hormones can play a big factor. And we check not just the TSH and the free T4 around here. We also check the free T3 and reverse T3. Reverse T free T3 is the active hormone that hits the receptors. Reverse T3 is a dummy hormone that looks like free T3 and hits the receptor but doesn't make the action happen and can bring symptoms of low thyroid function even when TSH and free T4 are normal. And that's why we believe you need to check all four of those. And if, if they're not all done, then I don't have a complete picture. OK, um, of course, you know, optimizing sleep, being active, very active. We know the importance of both cardio movement, getting up, moving around, not, you know, if you have a, an office job, you know, trying to get up and move around as much as possible, standing desks, etc. And of course, making sure that there's proper nutrition, avoiding processed foods, especially ultra processed foods, foods you can't pronounce the ingredients that are on the label, whole foods, OK, um, avoiding high inflammatory foods like um, gluten and, and, and dairy um, can make a difference, soy as well. So really, you know, try to optimizing a whole food food, diet, you know, we know that um, there's more of a concern with inflammation with animal-based products. So, you know, keeping to a more plant-based diet can be helpful as well. Having a good therapist, having somebody you can talk through. 
you can talk these things too. Of course, you know, I believe we all should be born with a therapist. They were born and they, we should get those kind of guidance and have somebody we can talk to in an objective and hopefully helpful manner. Okay. And of course, we really need to have research on the long-term outcomes to know how much of a problem this is. Okay. So, you know, another thing to be concerned about, you know, we live in this toxic world. Um, we're trying to do the best that we can. We want people to be in a good mental health state. But we also want to minimize any chance of problems. So hope you learned something. Have a nice day.